What a blessing to be able to have Dr. Gregory Bledsoe with us today. He's back for his second Warrior Talk podcast. Dr. Bledsoe is the Arkansas Surgeon General, uh, a friend of the school and a follower of Jesus. I want to just um, tap into his brain. I can't believe he's he's given us his time uh, under this flood of demands upon him. But let's start off with this question, Greg. Let's let, Some of our families and kids are just a little casual about this self-quarantine. Uh, since it's an invisible enemy, they say, hey, if the high-risk groups aren't school age and if kids don't get sick, you know, why all the commotion? Why the blanket closures? What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's a great question, Gary, and we've been dealing with that a lot. Um, you know, the governor, before he issued the proclamation uh, closing the schools for this week and um, uh, around the state, he took the feedback from a lot of experts, uh, educators, uh, medical professionals, others that he was getting feedback from from around the state. And interestingly enough, one of the groups of people that felt very strongly that schools needed to be closed around the state were physicians. And the reason for that was was that at the time, uh, a couple of days ago, we still didn't have uh, our lab testing ability up to where it needed to be. And so the question was, look, if this is being spread in the community and we can't test for it, we need to basically take that next step to protect the public. Um until we have our arms around how big of a problem this really is. And so the governor you know, weighed the pros and cons of everything. I think he made the right decision. He said, look, let's close the schools for one extra week, and then we've got spring break. That gives us two, two weeks to get our hands around the problem, to at least flip on the lights with the testing, so to speak, and see what the problem is out there, and then we can reassess. Um, but the, you know, to get to your, the other aspect of your question, you know, what is this, how does this affect people who maybe don't have elderly folks in the home or, or whatever? I would just say this, you know, the, the biggest concern with this is not just the problems associated with the coronavirus. It's the problems from the fallout in the healthcare system if there's a surge of patients and we can't take, can't take care of other people. So in, in uh, the reports that I'm reading coming out of Italy and other places, where this coronavirus has hit hard, you have an upsurge of patients that are coming in some moderately to severely ill, and those moderately to severely ill people flood into the emergency departments, into the hospitals, and then saturate our ability to take care of anyone else. So that if you have a stroke or if you have a heart attack or you're hit by a car, there's really no other place to put you because the beds and the ICUs and the ventilators and the operating rooms are taken up uh, handling people with coronavirus. That's what they're dealing with in Italy, and that's why medical professionals in the United States are sounding the alarm with the hopes that we won't have such a big surge and it won't, won't uh, negatively affect our healthcare system to that degree. Well, that's really just another way of saying we've got to love one another and consider the interests of others above our own interest. And that's going to take some sacrifice on our family's part. Um, and then the, the response, the proactive response of, of the governor and you and other health, health officials is really attempting to flatten that curve um, more quickly, is it not? That's, that's absolutely right. I mean, the, you know, it, it's a communicable disease. What we know about this disease, it's highly contagious. Um, it's easily transmitted. Of the first 12 cases we had in Arkansas, four were from health, were in healthcare workers who had taken care of patient number one. So this is easily transmitted to people even through casual contact. And so what we're trying to do with the social distancing measures is spread the population out so that um, as this continues to spread through our population, you don't get a, 
a huge spike of cases going into the hospital. It's uh, it's it's you know spread out over the course of weeks to months, um, so that you you don't collapse the healthcare system with a big surge of patients. So that's that's what we're thinking. And you know, I, I have to hand it to the governor. Um, the decisions that he's making are incredibly difficult decisions because if he says shut down this. You know, that's, that might be the right thing to do medically, but that's also people's livelihood. So he's taking that into account at the press conference today. He, uh, he had his uh, healthcare experts up at the press conference, but he also had his economic advisors who were talking about how we were going to get through this economically as a state. And that's just, to me, a sign of uh, an excellent executive. Uh, he's weighing uh, the various pros and cons. He's, he's seeking advice from experts and, and his counselors that he trusts. And then he's, in a very diplomatic and measured way, making decisions uh, ahead of time, proactively, about about things that are coming not just this week, but in the weeks and months ahead as the economic ramifications of this continue to, to grow. Well, I've got to agree with you, Greg. We've just got such a great leader in office, and we need to be praying for him and supporting his decisions. You know, spring break's right around the corner. Some of our families, I, I... I hope they're showing restraint, but I think some of our families are thinking about maybe heading down to the to the beach. And what are your thoughts on spring vacation uh, and social distancing? Well, it's really hard. Um, you know, there's a side of me as a public health official that wants to be, uh, you know, very strict and very heavy-handed and say I wouldn't recommend any travel. But the fact of the matter is that people are going to travel. And so what I would say is, is that, you know, while you're going about your spring back activities, be mindful of what's going on and do your best to abide by social distancing recommendations. So, for instance, um, maybe it's better for you to drive instead of fly. Yeah. Maybe it's better for you to go to a cabin in the woods than it is to go to a place where you're going to be packed in, you know, in a place like a resort or somewhere where you're going to be shoulder to shoulder with people. Maybe it's better for you to spend time with just your immediate family than going with a group of family families uh, and all going to be in one big house together uh, interacting. So I, I'm just throwing those ideas out. Um, you know, uh, the governor and uh, Dr. Smith, who's the head of our health department, and others who are answering questions and, and uh, advising people on this have tried not to make a cooker cutter, cookie cutter, one uh, size fits all response to this. You know, people, the people of Arkansas are good people. Uh, they, they try to help their neighbor. They try to do the right thing. And what we're saying is be discerning, be wise, be considerate, be loving of your neighbor and understand what's going on. We're not going to tell you, uh, you know, every little specific about what you need to do, but use your head uh, and be, uh, be mindful of what's going on as you make your decisions over the next few weeks. That's great advice, uh, Dr. Bledsoe. I love those three specific examples as well. You know, let's say a family has symptomatic uh, how do they seek testing in Little Rock this week? That's, that's a great question. Um, you know, what we've told folks in general is, is that the health department has limited capacity to do these tests. Um, they're ramping up their capacity very quickly, but they're still focused on the highest priority patients. And by highest priority, I mean people who've traveled to areas out of the country that have a lot of exposure, people who've had known contact with um, COVID-19 or coronavirus patients, and now are starting to exhibit symptoms of their own. Those are the sort of people that are considered high priority by the health department standards. If a physician or uh, another medical professional is out there and they believe that someone for whatever reason needs to be tested, there are, there are tests available mainly through the commercial labs and, 
and through some of the other uh, non-health department assets that are out there. Um, but for the general public, what we would say is, is that if you're worried about, about having this, if you're concerned and you want to get tested, a good rule of thumb is to call your primary care doctor or your pediatrician and say, hey, um, you know, here's what's going on. Do you think I should be tested? If uh, they agree that you should be tested, there are a number of drive-through testing facilities now that are open in central Arkansas. Big Baptist uh, here in central Arkansas has one. UAMS has one. There are some others. And these locations are being, uh, I believe, are being posted on the health department website, so you can check that if you want to find one. Um, what you do in these centers is you sit in your car, and the uh, health provider comes to you, you know, fully gowned with gloves and a mask, and then does the swabs while you're in your car. So it's a it's a very kind of an unusual experience, but it's the best way to handle the surge of, of uh, patients that we're finding that need to be tested. So start with your primary care doctor or your pediatrician. You can look online, especially on the Department of Health website, for specifics about testing centers, uh, and then just just use discretion because you know we have three million people in the state of Arkansas. If every one of those individuals rushes out and requests a test for coronavirus. No lab in the country is going to be able to keep up with that demand. So just be discerning in your request for the test is the other thing that I would ask. Very fair, very fair. Well, our hats are off to all of our healthcare workers, those that we know locally and those statewide. I mean, I just can't believe uh, how they're pouring their lives into this to help us. So we're grateful. Uh, thinking ahead, uh, is it prob- is it possible to kind of look over the horizon or see around the corner as to what the week after spring break might look like? I missed the press conference today with the governor. I was on Zoom calls, but was there any hint about what that looks like? Well, it's, you know, the governor is carefully watching this. He's taking input from all over the state regarding the decisions that he has to make. He closed the schools because we didn't have our arms around the testing and we didn't know exactly what was out there. But as the testing comes online, we're hopeful that this week and next week we'll have a better idea of uh, how much community spread we have, how many cases we have across the state. The CDC has not said that we need to close schools you know, for the end of the semester. Now, there are schools around the country that are doing that. But the governor really doesn't want to do that for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, first of all, you know, uh, the kids need to be educated. We need to have kids in school. Second of all, for some kids, uh, their hours at school are the most stable hours of their entire day. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then for other other kids, the fact that they can have a, a good meal or two at school is the way that they're getting by. So we recognize that closing schools, you know, for some folks that seems very simple. Uh, but there are a lot of ripple effects from that. So the governor is being very careful about how he does this. He is committed. He wants the schools open after spring break. And my impression of of uh, what he's you know talking about and his posture towards this is, unless he has clear a clear indication from the CDC that it would be not in the the public's best interest medically to reopen the schools. The schools are going to be reopened after spring break. That's what he's pushing for, unless he has clear directive from the CDC and others that that would be unwise. So I, I think we should plan on being back to school after spring break. Okay, let's say we have a student or a parent. Or, no, let's limit it to a student, a staff member, or a faculty member in our school community that has gone positive over this quarantine period. Does that impact our decision to reopen as a school? Uh, it, it, it impacts the individual school. So yeah. what what the state leaders are looking at is um, sustained community spread. So uh, we've had one case so far in the state of Arkansas that that uh, it, 
what we think could be an evidence of community spread, and it's in central Arkansas. Um, if we get more of those cases where we can't trace the positive cases back to travel or back to a, an exposure to someone that had a travel-related case, um, then we're going to say, okay, there's there's you know sustained community spread. That's what would keep the schools closed, all, all the schools. If if it's just an isolated case that's popping up here and there in individual schools, what the CDC is recommending is that you close the school down for a period of days. You have uh, you know the folks come in and do a deep clean of everything in the school, and then after it's been cleaned and you've been closed for a few days, you reopen the school and you continue uh, you know with the school and educating the kids there. Um, that's the hope. But, you know, again, no one knows exactly what's going to happen with these numbers and how these uh, these uh, cases turning positive are going to rise, uh, what the rate they're going to rise at. So, you know, we're, we're all sort of watching this and making decisions and adjusting based on the data that's coming in. So we'll see. Yeah, that's good. Very, very reasoned. Right, is there anything else that you'd like to say to uh, Warriorville uh, at this at this point in time? Sure. Yeah, I, I would just want to address this. You know, there's the medical aspect of this. And then there's the aspect of this that is the emotional, spiritual, psychological side of this. We're really in unprecedented uh, waters here. I mean, this is something I've been doing emergency medicine for 20 years. I have a public health degree, so I, I've been you know, doing public health for a number of years as well. And this is something that's never happened in my career. It's never happened in my lifetime. And even the older physicians I work with are saying they've never seen anything like this. So there's the medical aspect and the public health aspect, but then there's the, there's the anxiety aspect. And what I want to say to the people of Warriorville is just simply this. I want you to be prepared. I want you to be discerning. I want you to be wise in how you are looking at the situation and realize that this is a serious situation. But I don't want you to be panicked. As Christians, we're commanded, do not fear. That's not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation. It's clear in Scripture that the Lord commands us not to be afraid. And so the conversations that I've been having in my own home with my kids and my wife and my friends and my family members is this, is that, you know, when we're, when we're presented with fearful circumstances, we rest in the refuge of the Lord and his word because we know that there is someone else looming above and beyond the circumstances, no matter how trying they get. No one knows what's going to happen in all this, but we are anchored on the rock knowing that the Lord has these circumstances in his hands. And so the verses that we have been talking about consistently in my home are Psalm 46, 1 and 2. God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. We, we're declaring this. We're, we're saying that this is not an option. We, have, we are not allowed to be afraid. We're, we are going to move forward with a spirit that the Lord has us under control, and we are going to prepare and take practical steps to address it, and when we feel the feelings of anxiety and fear, we're going to take those to the Lord and meditate upon his promises and who he is. And that would be what I would say to Warriorville is this. Have a practical plan for dealing with this. Have some food stored away in case you are quarantined. Have your chronic meds refilled. Be looking and seeing what the news reports are and how it, it affects your work in your school. Be wise and be discerning, but don't be panicked. Don't give in to fear. Look beyond the circumstance and the fearfulness of the circumstance to the the one that has your circumstances in your life in his hands. Oh, Greg, I have one word to say after that, and that is a big, hearty amen. I, <laughs> I, I can't believe you brought up Psalm 46, verses 1 and 2, because I sent a letter out to our families today 
with with that verse as the header. And you know the beautiful thing about that? It says, do not fear, even though the earth should change. And th things have changed, but uh, uh, God hasn't. And so we are just so grateful to have you in the seat as Surgeon General. We're blessed to have you. And I, and I can't believe you gave us this gift of time in sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you, Dr. Bledsoe. Well, thanks so much for having me, Gary. I'm happy to come back anytime and just uh, just know that we're thinking about you guys and we love you guys and, and we're here if you need us. Okay, well, thank you, Dr. Bloodsoe, and we're praying for you. Thank you. Okay, bye.